This is Lovecraft Country Podcast by Blue TV, and I'm Zach. I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. And tonight's episode four, A History of Violence. Um, classic title, by the way. Fantastic. Great movie. Yeah. <laughs> True that. Cronenberg. Uh, main, main actor was... Vigo Mortensen. Vigo, yes. Vigo. I always get him in Mars... Um, Madsen or Mads Mickelson? Yeah, Mads Mickelson. Always get those two confused. <laughs> yeah, he's no. Take Lord, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings versus Polar. Polar? That that's the movie you go with out of everything you <laughs> hey, did. Hannibal. Go with Hannibal. Oh, that's oh, probably yeah. better. Okay. The uh, Netflix amazing special of <laughs> no, Polar. The, the ultra, <laughs> the ultra ridiculous but fun to watch. Polar. That was it. Was really fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt. No we doubt. have derailed. Yes. <laughs> all right. All right. Overall episode, what are we thinking? Uh, it was okay. Yeah, and it seems very fitting. It was more in line of episode two for me to where just I'm probably going to need another episode to make sure that all these payoffs are what I wanted, but it just felt like, hey, here it is, even though this was a booby trap episode. I never felt scared or tensed up. So I'm going to give props to my brother and say that we were genre, watching with Nostradamus the entire time. Yeah, like, even before the episode started, it's going to be Indiana Jones kind of like this booby yeah. traps. Um, so yes. Um, so that we were followed right into that genre. It, we had a little bit of Raiders lost Ark. We had a little bit of uh, last crusade with some sprinkles of different things. Um, a little bit of Goonies. Little Goonies, mm-hmm. yes, we have several different things. Um, but like you just mentioned, and like I was going to say, is is that I felt no tension during the entire episode. I at no point felt like I was in danger of losing a character. I, at no point was I concerned about any character. Um, and I dare I say that I was looking forward to uniqueness to how they were going to do different types of booby traps like that. But all of them felt. Very seen. well overused and seen. I mean, I, I get the point. Of, I wouldn't necessarily say overused, but I mean, just like there was no twist or anything added to Definitely repurposed. Yeah. Okay. But my deal is, is that did you see anything new brought to the table from this? I mean, even Indiana Jones, remember you, you stick his hand into the wall, you know, and one was full of bugs from, you know, the you know Temple of Doom and all that stuff. I mean, we're sticking our hand in there. And then we're doing the whole yeah. blade thing where it's, you know, takes blood from you and opens the door. But then it's just a trap door above you, you know. So, like, like yes, okay, that's different. But, like, you have this mystical door and you have these things, the letters glow on it and stuff. And all it is is boop. You know, a trap door opens up. Rope ladder falls out. Exactly. I mean, like, like, so like there were some things that like really kind of bothered me and like, I get the cave, you know, but the cave had electrical lighting in it. The cave had a modern lantern hanging on one of the, on the, on one of the hooks. You're not, you're really not going to let that lantern go, are you? I'm not. I mean, like there were so many little things that like, okay, if this is the vault, this is the place, you know what I mean? Like I'm thinking... The people that are inside of this, well, she said over a century trapped in there. You know, I mean, they didn't have modern electricity a century ago, you know, or to my mind, you know, if there's like some things just don't match. Now, given magic, things change. I get all that. Um, And I'm completely fine with the whole idea of, hey, they're in Boston, but they end up in the elevator in Chicago. All right. You know, 20 minutes of walk. That's impressive walking. I gave the magic. I don't know. I guess 
I'm not underwhelmed, but I guess I was, my expectations were hoping for some different things to be unique to this show and still throw homage to Raiders of the Lost Ark, Last Crusade, Goonies, all that kind of stuff. And episode three brought some things to the table that were absolutely amazing. Episode two, even though it wasn't a favorite of ours, it brought some things that were unique to the table. Episode one for sure brought some uniqueness. This was the first episode that really didn't bring something unique that made me go, wow, that's in par with what we've had for the rest of the season. So I'm, I'm disappointed in that. Um, but I do think this did further the storyline. It did, um, it did throw uh, a wrinkle at the very, very end that makes me very curious about where the story is going to go. Uh, but overall, the episode it was okay. That's that's the best I can put with it. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was poorly executed or anything like that. As some of the choices, I would say things were too easy for them. I think that's probably the best way to put it. It's like you've been hyped up that a video game is going to be Dark Souls, and then all of a sudden you get arcade-level gameplay or something. Yeah. Like, I mean, you still enjoy it, have a fun time, but it just it felt like it was handed to him. It was a fun romp, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, but you're right. There's not. It didn't feel like you were going to lose anybody. There was no. never any threat of anything um, to me. And I did get a Montrose Heavy episode that I wanted. Like Right before, I was like, man, I feel like we're going to have... His episode, Time to Shine. That's why he's on the show. And, and that's that's almost the whole reason for the episode. Yeah. Was just to get their relationship a little better. To fix Atticus and Letty. And because the thing is, if it takes someone with Titus's blood to mm-hmm. open the vault, all of the rest of the shit is unnecessary. Yeah. You don't need long planks that disappear or booby traps or any of that stuff because you see what happens to somebody who sticks their arm in there that's not of his blood yeah they lose it for ever it kind of it kind of defeats the point it defeats the point right so as much as i enjoy the fact that they're using this genre Mm -hmm. and they're paying homage to those cool you know old movies and shows and stuff i I love what they're doing mm -hmm. it was just a little easy and it just ended up being pointless because like you said none just have stick go in there or take go in there and stick his arm in there and 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 we're done none of the other episodes did they like spoon feed you a few things i mean he opens up the book before he burns it and it's Mm -hmm. at that page that happens to be the puzzle yeah we have the poem you know the, the worst part of the entire episode is the moonlight hitting the statue, hitting the map, hitting a tooth that anybody could hit dusting in this door. I mean, I'm sorry. To me, that was the lamest part of that whole episode was that. Because as soon as she just moves the tooth, I was like, oh, my God. I mean, that was the immediate reaction. Yeah, well, like I said, it's just too easy. It felt cheap. It felt cheap. It did, and it, the, I felt like this episode was rushed in a way. So that's how it felt to me. Like they had to fill an episode, kind of. And it was just like, I mean, because what, what's, what advance of the story did we get necessarily? Nothing. We have our hands on the pages now. Mm-hmm. Okay. We learned that Tick can obviously speak a very old language. We don't know if that's what... This is written in or anything? I don't think he can speak it, but because he's a bloodline, he can understand what's well, being said. Well, he is talking to her, and she's understanding Meaning him. Him. He asks questions, she answers him. Yeah, but they're, they're 
she speaks a foreign language. He's speaking English. I, I understand. Yeah. I agree. It's magic, and it's because he has the blood that they're able to communicate with each other. I'm just saying. I we're saying we think he's speaking that language back to her, and yeah. he doesn't know it. It's like when okay, Harry Potter was speaking exactly. parcel tongued. Yeah. Parcel tongued. What, what was that movie we watched? That was it was something Warriors. You know, and Antonio Banderas was the same thing. Like um, he was one of like thirteen soldiers or something. Um, Oh, God. 13th Warrior? 13th Warrior, that's it. Where, you know, they show this scene where he's speaking, they're all speaking foreign language, but he learns their language, and then all of a sudden they're all speaking English, and so it's kind of the same kind of concept. Yeah, I, kind of. Kind of, I yeah. just, she's not speaking English back to him. Correct, correct, correct. So it's not really the same thing, but yeah. he understands her. Um, I mean, we got another badass special effect when she reanimates... Quite possibly, um, I think the best special effect we've seen on the show, and one of the ones I've seen. I don't know. The, the, the ghost well, coming in on the end of the last one was pretty good. They have not missed a beat on any special effects, as no. far as I'm concerned. So I don't have to compare it. They're all great. Um, but this episode, like I said, it's not like I wasn't enjoying it. It's just, it was just kind of meh, just kind of whatever. Yeah. I mean, it solved part of it. We were wondering what the orrery was going to be and why it had such significance when we first saw it. And then we realized that Hippolyta is a huge astronomer. Did I say that right? She's big into astronomy. There we go. We'll go with that. <laughs> That's what a safe way to go about it. Yeah. <laughs> and she named a comet that was being uh, shown up at this. Well, it was Boston. discovered, and they, you know, they like they always do, yeah. like do a competition, or whoever spotted it gets to be the one to name it. But they didn't want a little black girl to be tied to the comet. Yeah, and so right. she unfortunately had her credit stolen from her, given to somebody else. Which was a badass name, Harris He's Chariot. Fantastic. Super dope. Yeah, like No doubt. You know they were pissed. They yeah, were like, like wow, wow, this sounds awesome. Oh, who is it? Damn it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's about a lot better than Haley's Comet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, we, we got neat stuff. Yeah, but I mean, we understand why it appeared for her. And why she eventually took it. Now, how she doesn't tell anybody that she has this and is able to hide it in her shop, I have no idea. Because even when we're loading the car, I'm looking, okay, where in the shop could this giant gold thing be? Yeah. And somehow hidden. We have no idea how she got out of the house with, with it. it. Yeah. I mean, it's like... <laughs> oh, that, it looks like it weighs 100 pounds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it's a beast. Now, what we thought this was a solar system, but it's not. What is it? An orrery, yeah, yeah, it's which a, is a, a binary. Binary. Well, this is choosing to be a binary. It could be whatever you decide the orrery to be. It's just depicting. But she mentions. But it. an orrery depicts a binary star system. I don't know if it necessarily depicts one. I think this one just depicts. Well, she it. definitely mentions wrong. two suns or like that. So we're, we're right. We're, it's a. It is a binary yes. star system, and they're having the conversation about whether or not a sun mm-hmm. will eclipse another sun, and so on the phone or whatever about it. May have gone over my head. I'm sure there's lots of people that will email us and be like, hey, dummies, yeah. this what this is meaning or whatever like that. I but we th- thought that was going to have something to do with like the vault, you know, and finding the pages and stuff. It, and it's still got to have a reason because uh, Christine's not going to be hunting for this so strongly if it doesn't have anything to do with the pages or some way of casting the spells. Well, yeah, it's it's been in two episodes already, uh, and it was very distinct in both episodes to make a point that you saw it. Um, and then for, like you say, the Christina come in and say, hey, I'm looking for said item. Obviously, it's 
a tool or a missing link or something. But I'm with Jake. I, I thought it was going to be something that was something to do with the vault. You know. Well, what it is is they have now found Titus's pages. Correct. Now Winthrop's pages are still hidden. Are still hidden because remember he stole some. That's what the orrery is going to be about. You know. But now we have no idea where Winthrop's are because we thought they'd be underneath his house. We thought that that tunnel was leading or hiding his stuff, mm-hmm. but it was actually him creating tunnels to get to uh, Titus's pages, which he tried to do. And now it makes sense why his arm was torn off when he, we saw his ghost. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, that was kind of neat. I thought that was interesting, which is why there's a connection between Boston and Chicago magically, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I thought that was kind of neat. I enjoyed that part of it. It, it was definitely a good connect the dots, for yeah. sure. Because that's what the elevator going down, those magic symbols, mm-hmm. was like, oh, I'm teleporting you basically to um, Chicago, to where this vault is. Okay. That makes a lot more sense than right. anything else. And then we also hear Christina in the episode say, you know, the Ori's in the house. Isn't that the key to his time machine or whatever? Yeah, talking about time travel. Talking to the chief of the police, mm-hmm. right? So, Which also, his office being behind like a hidden wall. Yeah, like super a, a, cool. Dude, uh, it was like, almost like the Oval Office. It's uh, in a factory. No, that, it's, it's, no, it's old school speakeasy. You know, that's exactly what yeah, it is. The yeah. hidden room behind the wall and all that stuff. But it was a... It was in like a distribution factory. Correct. You know, that just mm. which clearly shows back alley dealings. You know, <laughs> chief of police sitting there. Yeah, super back alley. Absolutely. Well, I, I also got the distinct feeling of like an Elks Lodge feeling. Did you get that? Did you see the you know well, the antlers even, everywhere, and they mentioned it. They even say thirty four other lodges. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so you got one pointing at him. You want the other thirty four. Montrose knows more than he's leading on. Much yeah, more. I think he knows a whole lot more. Um, mm. Even more than the bylaws book, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that was just added knowledge. I don't think that that was yeah. his first dealings with it or anything like that. I think had he been able to speak to George, we would have this whole thing figured out in about half an episode. Yeah. With their combined knowledge on all of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... It, in a way, it's kind of unfortunate for this episode because I don't feel like there's a ton to talk about because it is a lot of just travel. Well, walking, travel talking. and just connecting the first episode all the way back to this episode. They they connected. Like, it almost feels like these first four were a chapter and we closed the chapter and we're moving to the next set of it is almost kind of how this felt like. Could be. Could be. It kind of drew the two lines. Mm-hmm. Christina's group. You know, which is messing with Ruby now. Well, I mean, we still have no idea what Christina's group is because she's not with this lodge. No, and, not necessarily. Well, I guess Artem House was a lodge, possibly. Not possibly, sure. Yeah, no idea. Um, but she's rogue, yes. is what I would say. But she knows everything. that the pages exist. She knows pretty much everything, but she's just not a member. Well, right. Even this. Even this sergeant officer or whoever this Chief. is knows about the pages as well. Well, he wanted to be part of the group, and he never got voted in or something happened. He's apparently he's too low level to be a son of Adam. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Type of situation. doesn't have enough significance, and she's not because she's, she's a woman. female. Yeah. Um. So, I, 
we get we get the manipulation of Ruby this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, which when he beats those cops' ass and says he has a date, not no. what I was expecting. No, no. Um, <laughs> no. But but some of this is the most interesting to me because this is a new angle. Yes, you know they're yeah. gonna play Ruby against her sister. You know, which has kind of been played up throughout, but but I but the thing is, is Ruby has general and justified animosity towards her sister. Towards her sister, they're just using that. You know, at least it looks like they're going to. That's what it looks like. There's no doubt about that. It definitely looks that way. Do we think he would have been blocked by this spell had Ruby not brought him into the house? I'm t- I don't think that's her house. I don't think it's her house either. She left the day she found out that it was her mother's inheritance that bought the house. You are right. But, I mean, it's just like that middle foyer, and I guess those stairs. But the stairs are on the left-hand side and straight up. And understand. These are she lives in a boarding in house yeah. as well. Yeah, and I don't think it's the same house because the stairs we were watching them get frisky on had a rail on both sides. No, that, you are it was, right. It was an L shape. Yeah. Right. A switchback. So the stairs that... Letty's house has a wall on one side. On yes. the right she, side when you're coming down. down. No, yeah, yeah, you are right. So it is probably um, a different house. And yeah. So, And I think the one they were in getting frisky was a, a much more ornate house. I think it's the house that, you see that we Christina see go. Christina park at right. and then him come out of. Okay. yeah, um, that's That makes the most sense. And if you see the preview, it appears that that's what she wakes up in is this super ornate house. Um, almost in, another well-crafted Artem style house. <laughs> and during this, we see William, which might've been the most pinpoint name. I think they could have given this character, <laughs> yeah. but we see he's got, what's the whitest name we can come up with? William. Bingo, you know, I mean, well, Billy was already taken. So yeah, we, we well, give no, him, I mean like William is, if you really look at history, William is one of the most used names in history. Believe it or not, when we were looking for names to do my children, mm-hmm. I don't know how many uh, name books there were, and like William ranks amongst top three in history. Really? Yes. Well, every year, too. Because there's always like the most popular name yeah. from what year to year, year, year. And he's their top 10 every time. Yeah. Same with Jake, unfortunately. Well, you have to think yeah. about this. William is, is, a, is a name. Uh, you got to think about it. in history. I believe a lot of people have sons to be named the same as the father. You know, all I forgot stuff. about a lot of juniors and yeah, like that. And, and so William is that, and plus William has multiple, you know, names you can change. You know, Bill, Bill. Billy, which I Will. still don't understand how he gets Bill and Billy. But a good example: my wife's grandfather's name was William, but everybody called him Bill. It, I all, it called him Bill from the age of three. I mean, one of my friends uh, growing up, his name was William. He went by Billy. He goes by William now. That. Apparently, we're no longer friends because I, at no point in time, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, no, you're still Billy to me, dude. I don't know sorry, what to tell Cash. you. Sorry for your loss. Hey, because and, it's tough to put Billy on a job application. <laughs> yeah, hard to put cash on a job application. Yeah. Still, still gets done. Yeah. But, uh, That's why you put cash money. You know, that's the key. <laughs> gotta, gotta throw my middle name in there next time. Yeah. And Rules everything that. around me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, but we get some interesting stuff, like you said. Yeah, he's, but, got oh, a, he's got a brand on his chest. That's what I was getting to. We have a branding of a, a bull? I can see the horns, but the center, I don't know if that's just the top of a skull or a uh, To me, a it looks head. like a 
bull skull almost with but the, the I also think about the gut you know like the, the goat the, with the horn you the know? horn looks like it had a little bit of a twist in it yes yes kind of Rams. more of the ram or demon skull I would right. go demon skull um, with everything that we've been dealing with in this show <laughs> I, I think demon skull is more fitting I'll take uh, demons for 1000 yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rough like her mother likes a Trebek uh, but we get I'm sorry, you lied. You got <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Go full Connery right there. Yeah. <laughs> True Daily Double. But the uh, but th- but that's the problem with the episode mostly too. Is this? I mean, yes, we get that, but that's just kind of like a a moment. I think it's obviously going to be bigger in the next episode. We're going to have a super Ruby centric episode next mm-hmm. next week. It looks like. But, Which also seeing her go from how she's been singing music. The first few episodes that we've seen are a lot more upbeat, getting everybody no, involved. Singing the blues. The oh, episode. singing. That's definitely the blues. Yeah. And, then, um, and doing a fantastic <laughs> job at it. And to finish and, it off with, fuck y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no clapping, no cheering. Yeah, yeah. No one even really paying attention. Just everyone yeah, sitting like, there talking. Oh, yeah. Somebody singing back there. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, I feel like because, like I said, it just it didn't, nothing st- stood out so like huzzah to me mm-hmm. that we're missing stuff. You I don't know. know. I mean, like, I try to think about key little details. You know what I mean? Like, they, things that, I mean, you're talking about the race thing. I mean, like, this episode didn't harp on a lot of it. But, you know, like, when she got out of the car and there was black on the sidewalk. Somebody wrote black with chalk on the sidewalk or paint, whatever, you know. We also saw that there was a separation of uh, a black library, um, you know. Uh, We've seen that little kid in the library the yeah. entire time just trying to read a journey to the center I mean, of the like, earth. Journey, yeah. Like there was key things like that. I mean, so like this episode didn't focus on that near as much. I mean, other than like you said, she I mean, named the comet and that didn't work out. Um, you know, going to the department store, she's been talking about this, how she's been trying to apply to it for years. Yeah. And then just walks in and immediately sees somebody's working and just the defeated look of knowing I can't be happy for somebody else getting a job because yeah. that's the job I've been gunning for. Yeah, and and it was just like the I struggled with the purpose of the scene, but then like you just said, it was just to show that despair that you know you've worked so hard for, and for th- two or three episodes you talk about this is my dream. I'm gonna go work on my resume, and just to see somebody come in and say, "Oh, on a whim, I just went for it and got it," you know, to realize something you value so much. And it just changed her character. Nothing. So, you know, it turned her into a, not turned her into, but by the end of this episode, she, you could definitely tell she was at, the, at her lowest of low, you know? Yeah. She had reached the rock bottom and was morose about it and understandable. I mean, we, yeah. we I think everybody's been in a job before and seen, you know, some new kid just come in and on a whim get a promotion or, you know, get something that you've worked so hard for, and now there's no room for you. Oh, get not, not get noticed for your work or something like that. Yeah. Or, hey, to find out you were number two in an interview. It happens. Know? It happens. You know, yeah. I mean, like, it's like, it sucks, you know, and it's just sometimes it's not fair. And uh, so, yeah, it was tough. Um, you know, like, the, the dynamic from Atticus to Montrose. Okay, it was so up and down this entire episode. And like you mentioned, it was about repairing a relationship. Um, but I believe that Montrose is not his real father. Okay, I would agree with that. Okay, one hundred percent. We've they've made that statement from George and everything else. So I'm very curious to figure out what is he trying to prevent. Is it 
is it just that information alone or what does he know that we don't know that Atticus doesn't know that's coming down the pipe? Cause I mean, like if you, if you were willing to kill this girl to prevent going farther, then wouldn't you have prevented it from going, you know, done something more to prevent them even going to this, to the museum and helping them find, find it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's almost that, devious because, like, why are you going to help them this much? And then as soon as we get to the prize, there's no way you're hiding the fact that you slit this woman's throat. Exactly. I mean, like, that's a, that's so a whole other like, level of stopping somebody's mission. Yeah, like, you know I'm I mean? giving you this candy, and then I'm immediately taking it away. And not only that, I'm replacing it with poison. I mean, that's you're killing a, you're killing a human being. You know, not to mention somebody who just got out of a century of purgatory. <laughs> And everything else after watching her entire, you know, all her people well, no. just who, get washed just, away in a boat in the Goonies. Who just talked about how she had to watch her people die because Braithwaite said he was going to jo- rejoin her Reunite with all her them. people. Yeah. And it was just like. But, but at first, when the, the whole conversation about the book burning comes up, mm-hmm. I, in my head, I thought Montrosa did it. I'm okay so, with that. So he was still needed. needed. Yeah. I, I read the book. And then I burned it. It's like, I know the password, and I burned it. Now you have to bring me along. Yes, and you will never know where my knowledge point ends on this. Because I can always dangle a... You hold them over the coals for it. It's like, you need me. I want to be near my son Mm -hmm. and try to repair this. I thought that's the route they were going to go. But the slitting of the throat at the end makes me more feel like... He's somehow a part of this. Well, not even that. I think it's like, I don't want my son to ever translate these pages. I know he thinks he needs to to protect them, but I think he knows what having that power can lead to, I guess. So you think it's more of a protection kind of thing versus uh, I'm a part of this and there's a deep secret that I'm hiding in? It's, maybe it's a mix, but I would just assume that it's like he's the only one in the group willing or able to take these drastic measures to protect him from reading those books. I mean, I, I mean, I, like, I feel like he's just somehow a part of the Suns, and he's hiding something. Like more over so protection because he's led with protection this entire time, but he still goes with them. And so at some yeah. point, the protection became like, oh, we got a lot further than I thought. I need to prevent this from getting any further so my secrets don't come out. And then it's already been hinted at twice that he was gay. I don't know what that's going to play with in the show, if that just makes it look further down upon or something. But I don't know. I, I'm Like I said, I'm not sure where all these little yeah, but keys I mean, fit. But. There's a lot of secrets that Montrose is hiding, and they're trying to get dug up. So... Right, and if you catch him in one lie, why trust him in anything else? You know, I mean, it, I could see it all coming to a head and being a massive problem. Mm-hmm. But like you said, there's no hiding the fact that he just slit his, his throat. Yeah, you know? I mean, like it'd be different if he tried to poison her or have her hang herself or do anything. But unless he stages it where she committed suicide some kind of way or something. It, or maybe he just did it to where he got the vocal cords. I don't know if you can cut someone's throat to where it's only vocal deep to where you can never speak again. Uh, no, she's dead. But 
Yeah, she's a goner after no, what I, I just saw that aerial spray. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I felt like I was watching Cat get her throat cut on Game of Thrones. I mean, oh, I mean the only thing. Spoiler uh, alert! <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there was a significance outside of her becoming a siren just so she couldn't spill the secrets immediately. Yeah, and I mean, sirens were famous for leading you into rocks with their beautiful singing yeah, and uh, not exactly what she was doing whenever she opened her mouth to talk. But it, but it's also more along the lines of old horror and old science fiction. That's fair. Sirens, more so than mythology. Sirens led you into rocks. Mm-hmm. Mermaids were they vicious, beautiful mm-hmm. until you got close to them. And then they became monsters basically, you know, I mean, so it's like, I can kind of see some of those things. Okay. Um, but, once again, like I said, I mean, yeah, there's not what, a whole. What lot. do you talk about? Because I mean, I love. We saw, you know, Last Crusade. We saw mm-hmm. Raiders of the Lost Art. We saw Goonies. Saw some Edgar Allan Poe. We, All right, I'll give you a couple of things that, that were interesting in the episode. All right, why did she start screaming on the elevator to be punched out? Well, she wasn't screaming. She was no, just trying to talk. That's what and they her voice was, so a was a siren part. They they said it, they put a spell on her that if she ever got out of the vault that she couldn't speak she would be a siren okay i just overlooked that i guess i missed yeah. that part um well i just added yeah. more intrigue to why why cut her throat i mean if she can't well that's why i was asking about just the vocal cord deep yeah i don't know um the there was another little detail that i was curious about oh gosh what was it what what was the significant? Why why are we seeing Christina interact with kids and just driving like a mad person through town, uh, going into the house? I mean, like, what is the significance of her just being free spirit? Because remember, Montrose mentions, or was it, maybe it was Montrose. The whole, no, it was Atticus talking about when they were in the library. Like, was this all a Trojan horse to get her dad killed? Then do y'all believe that? I mean, like, you think she's just free? Like, hey, the the big man's down. I'm the I'm the head now, and this is her game now. I don't or? think so because no one's acting like she is the head person or giving her any more respect. I mean, you have somebody who's not even a member still talking down to her. So I don't think she's really gained anything from her dad dying. Well, and she lost the no, house up in Boston. I think she has gained freedom. Like she's not under somebody's is, thumb. There is some significance to the kid saying. Haven't you ever played, played hide, hide and, and seek. seek before? Okay, and she's like, "No, this is my first time," and is enjoying herself. Which I mean, there was no reason to break that little kid's ankles like that. Oh like, yeah, just, <laughs> that shake moves she put on him, <laughs> shaking job. He's there. like, "What are what you, you doing?" doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just, uh, you know, I, I think that's what she gained was like that, just that freedom and confidence to go and a little bit of a childish spirit. I, I think she's probably been. Mostly trapped mm-hmm. in that house and forced to train and help her father and. Okay, I can see that. And you, like you've got every spell mastered. There's nothing else yeah. for you to learn, and you can't take over any of it. So it's just like. And if you remember when she delivers that monster baby from the cow or like that, like how like like happy girlish mm-hmm. joy she had from it and stuff like that. I mean, it's not. She is somewhat socially awkward i'd guess you'd say somewhat <laughs> yeah. like, i mean i think we can just play socially awkward yeah i mean it's it's like, sheltered kids that we've met in our lives and stuff like that they have a little more trouble and 
when you give them freedom, freedom. they like they have a strange like joy to them, you know. So it's possible she just felt like completely trapped and cooped up in that house and yeah. I, don't know. I mean, no, that that's a good way to look at it. I hadn't really pinpointed that as any of her stuff because really the only other adult that she had been around that weren't 80-year-old men is William and we don't even really know what that relationship is. And the thing is she's the reason why that whole we think lodge Artem yeah. house is gone and dead. Mm-hmm. So is she out to get the other pages to learn more spells to take out the rest of them? I would assume yes. Or to take them over or whatever. I don't really know. Maybe it's a situation where, you know, we, this show is so strong on, uh, you know, like we, they focus a lot on how race relations were. And this, this could be a situation where she doesn't like the idea that a woman can't be a part of something, and so she's going to take control of it from that angle, you know. Of a more feminist a feminine, angle. A feminist angle. It could be there could be a lot of different versions here, but it wouldn't surprise me a bit if, you know, if there's animosity that, like he said, this was the first time you kind of heard that you can't be a part of it because you're a, you know, a cunt, which is a terrible word. Um, but you're female, so is this maybe she set up a Trojan horse to get rid of the elements in the way it was preventing her from creating it or knowing it or being a part of it or however. Um, so, you know, because even when they were doing the whole house on display and they were making those rooms play with their minds in this episode too, you could tell she was there, but she was not pleased that she was a part of it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like she felt like she was just serving the masses and she wasn't a part of them. So it kind of gives a little bit towards that as being credence. Um, now, there was one other thing that was said in this episode. And I wrote in my notes and I said, and I'll make sure we don't like that. He burns that book and he says, smells like Tulsa. Yeah. Now, I'm going to guess that he is talking about the Tulsa Massacre, which was also in The Watchmen. Yep. Black uh, Wall Street. And that was, you know, the 1921 massacre the race massacre truly a race massacre in tulsa um i mean what a line i mean and this is we've already said this is mid 50s right Mm -hmm. and so based on his age could you say that maybe he was somebody that was he was definitely alive at the time are they saying that maybe he was even possibly there well there is the story of montrose and george together where george's knees get busted So, I mean, that could happen when they were teenagers, or do we know what age happened to George? I don't remember. Um, It would fit, though. I mean, like, Montrose is in his 50s. That means that they were both in young 20s in Tulsa. Yeah. But I can't remember. I feel like I'm forgetting something about George's story with his knees. Well, I mean, they said the last one, because he was just going around for the book. and But he said a guy came out with a baseball bat mm -hmm. and... Jackie Robinson them all over the head. So, you know, to save them, you know, it's like, but I can't remember him mentioning Tulsa or where he was. I just can't remember. Right. And I feel like we're probably missing something from it, but well, there is a listener out there. Let us know because <laughs> <laughs> the emails and the positive feedback has been phenomenal. And we really, really appreciate that. Really, really do. But I mean, as far as like the rest of the episode, I, don't think there's really too much more to talk about. I'm going to take a stab at what genre we're going to get next. Okay. Just because I've been I've been nailing it. I want to keep the streak. <laughs> Can't wait. Hold on. I'm salivating. Um, going for the turkey. I'm thinking like cult stuff. Like a um, 
Midsummer or uh, Rosemary's oh, Baby God. type of stuff. What they're going to do to Ruby is what I'm thinking. Have y'all seen Midsummer? No, I've never even watched it. What? But The, the King of Horror hasn't seen uh, yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Have I you know. seen it? Never heard of it. Wow. But think like Mother. Um, something in that genre is what I'm thinking. That they're going to try to like indoctrinate mm-hmm. Ruby and get her all in this good feeling only be to be using her for something like Rosemary's baby, you know? No, that makes a lot of sense because when he's sitting down at the bar, he's like, I can change your life. Yeah. And as we've seen a lot of those are double, triple entendres and just hidden meetings laced all throughout. Like a deal with the devil. Yes. Type oh, yeah. of situation. Very much a, be careful what you wish for and, and dazzled. And the demon on his chest mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Well, at least we think possibly a demon brand on his chest. It just, it kind of, Puts me in that that thought of yeah, like, no alludes to it a lot more you know, satanic kind of, ritual and things like that. No, um, I think you're hitting the nail right on the head. So I'm again. thinking, yeah, ritualistic, culty, something on those. I'm lines. going to agree with you just because I can't think of another thing about this entire episode or, or that preview that just completely gives me an angle other than that. No, I, th- I think it's going to be blowing sunshine and rainbows up her ass in the mm-hmm. beginning. And then she's going to find out at the end. There's always going to be like some weird ominous music, which they crush the music in this episode. Always. Changing the scenes. But I'm really interested to see if it is that cult vibe, like how it starts off very uh, bright, happy, and then slowly morphs into, like you said, that deep, dark, satanic kind of music for whatever they have planned for Ruby. If there is somebody out there who has a prediction based on the on what they saw as a preview, please send it to us. Please, please, please. Uh, last week we had several people send us tweets, uh, Facebook stuff, and emails uh, about how many different catches were in that last episode. Everything from Emmett Till to uh, the Ouija board and everything else. We can't thank y'all enough for that. So please continue doing that. Uh, remember, we are Bleed TV Podcast on Twitter as well as Facebook. Um, and like, like it's bleedy podcast, uh, gmail.com. So make sure you're doing that. And again, if you're listening to us and you haven't had an opportunity to give us a, a nice positive review on iTunes, we would greatly, greatly appreciate positive. it. Yeah. Positive. <laughs> positive. <laughs> Five stars. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we, we, we really appreciate it, but, uh, I think we've covered every basis and so we'll call it a night. Uh, so this is Lovecraft country podcast, Bleed TV and I'm Zach. I'm Jake and I'm Cash. See y'all next week.